Thanks for checking out the YVF podcast today. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you in whatever season of life you're in. Now here's Pastor Kevin. Good morning, dear church family, brothers and sisters in Christ. I just want to greet you on this beautiful Christmas morning. I know it's beautiful, even though I don't know what the weather is going to be like. And quite obviously, since I'm sitting here in my office, I'm recording this uh, before our journey to Russia. And uh, I'm recording it now simply because the Lord has put this word on my heart and I want to share it with you this morning. And I know that it's for this Christmas morning. Um, first of all, I just want to greet you, wish you a very Merry Christmas, tell you how happy I am that you're together this beautiful morning, and there may be a great distance between us in the physical world, but uh, we'll certainly be talking about the spiritual realm today, and in the spirit, you know that we are together, and we love you all very, very much, and uh, we're very blessed to be able to worship together with you on this day. We're 11 hours ahead of you by the time you're watching this. Um, but we are worshiping together on this, the Lord's Day. And what better place to be than to be together in the presence of God uh, on this, this Christmas morning. I actually, uh, when I was a kid, I didn't really love it that much when Christmas fell on a Sunday and you had to go to church and you didn't get to play with all those toys that much. So I get it, kids. <laughs> But uh, as I've grown up, I just really love to start Christmas uh, together worshiping with the people of God. Amen. So I have a a message on my heart this morning. It's going to be very short. Uh, The message is entitled, The Message. Okay. And I want us to open together 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And I'm going to be reading from verses 4 from verse 4 through verse 11. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared, obviously this he is Jesus, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins or continues to sin has seen him or even knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now, before I read on, I just want to point out to you that oftentimes, uh, having if we have little understanding of the Word of God, uh, we read this, if we just picked it out of its context, and we think, well, I've committed a sin, so I must not be a Christian. But it's very important that in the English, they've translated this in such a way that it says, uh, practices sin, because the Greek brings that out. It's a continuing lifestyle of sin. 
And sin means to miss the mark. You're not on mark with God. And righteousness means that you are in right relationship with God. We know that it's not talking just about the sin that sins that we commit in our lives according to the flesh, because over in First John chapter one and verse nine, just a one page back in my Bible, it says, "If we confess our sins, uh, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all." unrighteousness. And in verse 8, it says, if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So there are different, I guess, levels of sin being spoken of here. There are the uh, perhaps uh, daily uh, failures and mistakes that we make. Uh, There are the perhaps uh, sinful things we do on purpose, and we're wrong to do them. But if we confess them before God, then he forgives us of those things. And then there is a lifestyle of practicing sin. And here in chapter 3, that's what it's talking about. So let's read on. The one In verse 8, the one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin. Or in other words, he cannot live a life that's consistently missing the mark. You're closer to the mark than sometimes uh, you are led to believe. Uh, When you are walking with Christ, you cannot fail. You cannot fail. Because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. And that's a very important word. So we're going to be talking about the message this morning. That may sound like, well, that's not much of a Christmas verse to read, but it's 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 a wonderful Christmas verse to read because it talks about the purpose for why the Son of God was born as the Son of Man on Christmas Day. He came to destroy the works of the devil, that we might be born again in his seed His spirit might dwell on the inside of us and we might be like him, righteous in right uh, relationship with God the Father. John writes in chapter one of his gospel, John chapter one, verses one and two verses, I'm sure you know, in the beginning was the word. And if we bring out the Greek here for the word was, It's not a perfect, it's an imperfect. And so what it really would be saying is in the beginning was always the word. He was always there in the beginning. And the word was always with God. And the word was always God. So Jesus is and always has been God the Father's word. Jesus is and always has been God the Father's message to his people. He is the message of God. In Mark chapter 9, verse 7, on the Mount of Transfiguration, when the disciples stood there speechless, according to Mark, they were so overcome. And we learn in the other Gospels that Peter started piping up about some things. 
because it's hard for Peter to remain speechless like it is for many of us. But on that Mount of Transfiguration, when they knew not what to say, it says in verse 7 of chapter 9 in Mark, then a cloud formed the cloud of God's presence. The cloud of God's glory. A cloud formed overshadowing them. Overshadowing the disciples. I believe today, on this Christmas morning, my prayer is that the presence of God would overshadow our church, overshadow us as the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. That it would take precedence over everything in this world and over everything in our lives. A cloud overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud and here's what that voice of the Father God said. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. The Son of my love who has been always with me and who is one together with me and the Word was God who is of the same nature as I, who is my son. He is my beloved son whom I have sent to you. He is my message to you. He is my word. There are a lot of messages in this world. A lot of things that politicians are trying to tell us. A lot of things that Hollywood actors are trying to tell us. A lot of things that rock and roll stars are trying to tell us. A lot of things that pastors are trying to tell us, that parents are trying to tell us, that people are trying to tell us. There are so many messages and so many voices around us. But the Father God says, I have one message for you. My son, my beloved son, the son whom I love, my only begotten son, he is my message, so just listen to him. I believe that this Christmas, 2022, and as we head into this new year, that this is a time to perhaps shut our mouths more and listen to the Holy Spirit, listen to the Son of God, listen to the voice of God's love. In 1 John, also written by John, right? His first epistle. And chapter 1, we read from chapter 3. In chapter 1, the whole chap, the whole book, the whole epistle begins like this with verse 1. What was, and again, was implies always was in the Greek. What was always from the beginning. What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes. Now, wait a minute. John's saying that there is something, someone, who always was from the beginning. Before the beginning, he always was. And yet now we have heard him. So he's been given to us. God's love. God's message. What we have heard, it's, it's significant. That it begins with this, this verb, what we have heard. He is the message of God. What we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at, and we've even touched him with our hands concerning the word or the message of life. There's only one word, one message that gives life eternal. There's only one name by which man must be saved, the name of Jesus Christ. The word 
of life. And he says the life was manifested. This is the same word we read in chapter 3 as appeared. The life appeared, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, not just some kind of life, not just a life you live for 60, 70, 80, 90 years upon this earth, but eternal life, which doesn't mean just that it has no end. It means that it has no beginning. The message, what we've seen and testify and proclaim to you, the eternal life, which was, again, always with the Father, and was manifested or appeared to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim. So we give it to you as the message. The message. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim as the message to you also. So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So the us means not just us apostles, but together with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, that you might enter into that fellowship, that you might be together with us, where we are, and we are there where He is, and He is ever before His Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write, he says, so that our joy may be made complete. It's significant that he says these things we write, not these things we say, because that means this is written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that 2,000 years later, this same message is being spoken to us today, December the 25th, 2022, the message of God's love. There is only one message, only one word of life. We live in an age ruled by those who practice sin. That's just a hard fact. That means that we live in an age of increasing lawlessness. And Jesus said that the lawlessness will increase. And as we approach the last days, the lawlessness will increase all the more so. And the love of many will grow cold. Love. What's the message about? Who is the message? The beloved son. The message of God's love. But because they don't know the message, because this is an age ruled by those who practice sin and do not practice righteousness, they may put on righteous masks. They may put on righteous-looking uh, uh, adornments they may pretend to practice righteousness but by their fruits you shall know them they do not practice righteousness they practice sin that means they practice what the devil practices and they're under the rule of the kingdom of satan the kingdom of darkness and so they practice lawlessness no matter when, what kind of laws they write or what kind of laws they proclaim they are not the law of God. They are not the love, law of his love. So they practice lawlessness. And in an atmosphere, in a world of lawlessness, people just give up. The love of many grows cold. So that's the world we live in today. But is that who we are? No, 
Jesus said, you are in the world, but you are not of the world. He has left us in the world. He could have just saved us out of the world, I guess. But he has left us in the world that we might proclaim this message to the world. That those who are called might be saved and those who reject might justifiably be condemned. This is the age of the gospel being preached. This is the age of the message being proclaimed. If we are truly born of God, then we are, as Jesus said, born again, born of the Spirit of God. And if we are truly born of God, John says here in chapter 3 of 1 John, that we have eternal life. Now, eternal life, as I said, it has no beginning, it has no end. Eternal life is a spring of living water gushing out of our hearts by the Spirit of God. And it springs eternal from the word of life, who is the word or the message of love, the beloved Son of God, Jesus Christ, who has always been with the Father God from before the beginning and who himself is one with God. Dear brothers and sisters, we are not destined to sink in the mire of this world's sin and be destroyed. I'm praying a lot right now even. What's coming in 2023? And I'll be sharing with you on New Year's Day next week. And I'm not pre-recording that because the Lord's still speaking many things to me. And I'm going to send that to you. And I'm going to be sharing that with you. And um, but one thing I know is the unrighteous will become more unrighteous. The darkness will become more dark. But we are not destined. And we need to determine that today before we even enter into this new year. The Son of God was born. He appeared to destroy the works of the enemy, the works of the devil. You know who the devil is? Well, the word devil uh, in the Greek, diavolos, means the slanderer. The one who lies to you about who you are. The one who perverts the image of God on the inside of you. Who slanders you. This is not who you are. If you are born of God, you cannot sin. You are not a failure. God has a great purpose and a destiny for our lives as a church. And that destiny is not to sink into the mire of this world's sin and be destroyed. Our destiny is to walk in the Spirit, to overcome the enemy working in this world of flesh, to practice his righteousness in our relationships. This is going to get very practical and very simple now, okay? To practice his righteousness in our relationships. Well, how can I do that? Well, let me give you the number one way, okay? First John 1 John 1.9, we read it. We sin, we fail, right? And we confess those sin and we need God to forgive us. But, but he's faithful and he's righteous. He has no sin. So it's no problem for him, right? And we just get up and we keep going with him. Well, let us treat others the way Christ treats us and let us walk in forgiveness and simply do what Jesus taught us to pray. To pray. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and let us forgive ourselves and let us move forward 
and righteousness because the seed of God is on the inside of us. You are royalty. You are born of the royal seed. It's in our very spiritual DNA. It's who we are in Christ. This is our destiny. To overcome the enemy working in this world of flesh. To practice his righteousness in our relationships. And to love one another as he has loved us. I'm not sure we'll even make it through 2023. If we are not ready, willing, and able to lay down our lives for our friends. That level of commitment is what will be required of us. It's being required of us even today. And it was spoken to us 2,000 years ago by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not just to love one another, but to love one another as he has loved us. Love is life, we see in these scriptures. And life is love. There has always been love, fellowship, and communication between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is the seed of God to communicate, to have fellowship one with another, to live and walk in this love and to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit that we might love one another. This is a seed of God in us. It's our spiritual DNA. It's who we are. And anything less than love for our brethren is sin. It's not faith. Well, it's hard for me to love. Well, nobody said it's easy. There's nothing easy about Jesus going to the cross. But oh, the fruit of love. Oh, the blessings and the peace of love. Anything less, it's a denial of whom we truly are in Christ. It's a rejection of the seed that we were born of. It's a rebellion against our Father. Because if we truly are born again, this is who we are and we cannot sin. John 3.16, everybody knows, says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. The message is primitive. It's the first thing. From the beginning, in the beginning, the message is primary. Therefore, the message is essential to all God has created us to be. The one message, the only message that speaks to us from eternity, that speaks to us from the beginning, and the voice of the Father who says, listen to the message. Listen to him. He is my beloved son. The son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Verse 11 of chapter 3, 1 John that we read says, For this is the message which you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. That we should love one another. There's nothing more primary. There's nothing more primitive. There's nothing more essential 
to our lives as Christian, to our lives as children of God. And only by this love that we have one for another will the world know without a doubt that we are his disciples. The entire purpose of Christ's birth, what we even celebrate Christmas for, the entire purpose of his ministry, of his death, of his resurrection, and the entire purpose of his coming again is to destroy the works of the devil. Let us not frustrate the grace of God working in us by walking in unforgiveness. Let us not abort the joy of God. John said that our joy might be fulfilled. Let us not abort the joy that God has for us before it comes to fruition, before it is fulfilled, by allowing a root of bitterness to spring up on the inside of us, which will defile the entire body. Sometimes that's the entire body of the person who's better. Sometimes it's the entire family. Eventually, if it keeps going, and it defiles an entire church if it's allowed to keep going. Let's not allow our relationships this year to be destroyed by the works of the devil. Let us not allow ourselves to be excommunicated. Think about that word, excommunicated. Everybody knows that word it means you got kicked out of church or something, right? Or kicked out of the denomination. But think about what it means. Ex, like an exit, communicated like communication. Let us not allow ourselves to be excommunicated from fellowship with the Father and His Son by our own bitterness, by our own lack of love, by our own bitter root that springs up. Let us not frustrate the grace of God that's at work in us today. We need the grace of God, or we will not make it through. We need each other. We need God's love. It says, for this purpose, the Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. I love that old Christmas hymn. I just, it's one phrase in that hymn I just love. He appeared and the soul felt its worth. Do we feel our worth today? Do we understand who we are in Christ? I'm not talking about some kind of arrogance or some kind of pride. Where you like to do selfies all the time and show off to people. I'm talking about a really understanding who we are in Christ. That's the depth of humility to understand that his seed is in us and we were born for greatness, not for selfies, <laughs> but for him. Himmies, not for selfies. We were born for him. We are engaged in a very real battle. It says to destroy the works of the devil. How many times has Jesus appeared? He appeared at his birth. He appeared in his resurrection. And he's still appearing in his second coming. He will appear. So the battle is going on. And his appearances, purpose of those appearances, destroy the works of the devil. Has he appeared in our presence? Has he appeared in our church? Has he appeared in our lives? Are we born of him and his seed in us? Then we are engaged in a very real battle. And this battle cannot be waged in the smoke and mirrors realms of the kingdoms of this age. It is not with flesh and blood that our battle is waged. And so it will not be won, not by politics, not by economics, not by psychology, not by drugs, not by church growth seminars, not by anything else besides 
listening. I mean, he said such a simple word. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Keep on listening to what he says. But by listening, yeah, the victory comes to the soldiers because they listen to the command. And they trust the commander by listening to the beloved son. And that means we keep his commandment that we've had the message we've had from the beginning to love one another. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also together with him freely give us all things? He gave us his son, Jesus Christ, and we can trust him and we can follow him and we can listen to him and we can live a life of love and remain in this fellowship together with him and allow his love to rule over our lives, knowing that if we seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, all these things will be added unto us. How could it be that he would not give us freely all things if he's given us his son, Jesus Christ? And together with him, we are called to rule and to reign, for we are joint heirs together with him. I'm going to read one more verse and I'm going to end. It's Second Kings, Second Kings, way back there in the Old Testament, in chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, you'll have to read the context to get the whole story, but this is the prophet Elisha, and the king of Assyria has sent a, a, a large troop and a powerful troop down to take him captive. He's all alone together with his servant, and in chapter 6, verse 15, it says, Now when the attendant of the man of God, the servant of Elijah, had risen early and gone out, he went outside. Behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, to Elijah, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Many of us today are looking at this coming year and looking at the situation in our country and in the world today. And we're saying, Alas, what shall we do? We do, and this is the word that the Lord has spoken to me and my prayer for you on this Christmas morning. Then Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, I pray, open our eyes, let's say, that we may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, back in verse 14, Elijah had told him, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And when the Lord opens the servant's eyes, he saw that the angels of God, the chariots of fire, were all around on the mountains, <laughs> encircling the little bitty feeble human army that was there to fight. And Elisha boldly says, because he knows the righteousness of God, these they're with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? May the Lord bless you with a wonderful Christmas. Now we love you and we'll see you very soon. Keep praying for us. Amen. As we're praying for you. Amen. And may the Lord open our eyes that we might we see. We hope you enjoyed the message. Before you leave, we want to remind you that if you want to continue receiving updates on new sermons, that you subscribe to our podcast. 
If you want more information on how to contact us, make sure to check out our website at urringtonvimmonfellowship.com. And we'll see you next time on the YBF Podcast.